0: Hi everyone welcome back to the caffeinated brown girl podcast my name is Lee and i am the host of this podcast thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode before we get into the episode make sure you are following us on instagram at caffeinated brown girl as well as um give us a follow on spotify google podcasts Apple Podcasts, Anchor, any platform that you're using to listen in. And if it's Apple Podcasts, please leave a review so that more people um, like you might um, get notified of the podcast and can listen to the episodes. So today's episode is uh, with manali shah so it's another one where we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and running a business while you know doing other things um but again but this is a business that's in the south asian wedding industry which i obviously have zero experience with um, and Monali also started this business with her partner. So we also spent some time talking about like what it's like running a business with your partner. Um, and it made me think of the family businesses that I've seen them growing where, you know, sometimes the lines between work and home life really blend and like um, how, how we can manage that and how we can draw those boundaries because work life can be tougher in that sense. So um, so the business is called Piari Weddings, and Piari Weddings is a South Asian wedding directory where couples can shop for their wedding vendors based on pricing, reviews, and more. Couples are able to easily sort through 1,000-plus vendors in the U.S. and Canada and create a customized wedding plan and budget in less than five minutes. They've been featured on Yahoo News, Poets and Quants, and more. And you can follow their journey at Priyari Weddings on Instagram. They have a website. They're also on Twitter um, and definitely recommend checking out those um, articles as well. So, you know, if you're someone who's going through the wedding planning process, um, maybe you know, these COVID pandemic times or beyond that, or you're just someone who likes going on Pinterest and making up boards and envisioning what your wedding would look like, I think you will definitely love PRE weddings and the website and the work that they do. So check them out and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Hello. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Would you like to start us off by introducing yourself and P.R.E. Weddings?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So my name is Manali. I am the CEO and co-founder of P.R.E. Weddings. Um, Let me just give you a brief intro on P.R.E. Weddings. So we are a South Asian wedding directory, um, basically where couples can shop for their wedding vendors uh, based on pricing, reviews, and much more. So uh, you can think of us as more of like a cross between the Knot and the Amazon. Um, So couples just basically select their city and guest count, and then they'll see a bunch of different vendors um, based on different categories that they can choose, so just like henna venue, um, you know, catering for food, all those sorts of things. And then couples just go can go ahead and add these vendors to their cart um, and basically come up with a wedding plan. So our tagline is planning your wedding in under five minutes. And that's kind of the service that we offer. So just a quick shop for couples to, uh, you know, get started on their wedding planning.
0: Yeah, that that's beautiful. And we'll get into a lot of that. But I know, We've talked about this a little bit, but you started this with your husband. So can you tell us a little more about your story and how um that relates to Piari weddings being formed? Yeah, definitely. Uh yeah, so I did
1: co-found Piari Weddings with my husband. Uh he proposed to me February of last year. And basically after he proposed, we kind of like took a month off just to this engagement period. But then we like really got started on like the whole wedding planning. Um, And what we found that it was that it was just so frustrating. Information was not like, you know, easily accessible. And on top of that, I was working and going to school and Raj, my fiance and co-founder, he was also planning on like applying to school. So we were just both busy in our personal lives and then adding wedding planning to this. um, You know, some days we would be like spending 30 minutes to an hour, just like calling different vendors, getting this information. That we thought would like you know be easily accessible, but it wasn't. Um, so then we're like, okay, there there has to be a simpler way. If we're facing this problem, we're sure other couples are also facing this problem. So that's kind of how P R E weddings originated, you know, just based on this. Um, and yeah, we the name we actually came up. We wanted to we wanted it to be a little bit you know like English, like sp- so people can you know is easily like pronounce it and like understanding as well. Um, but also like a mix of Bollywood in it as well. So P R E kind of just like came. It was just one thing that popped up in her mind. So we agreed with P R E weddings. And yeah, it's been a great journey ever since.
0: Yeah, I think like most businesses or organizations come out of a need that the founder, you know, either goes through or notices. Like that's just a common thread that I've seen with anyone I've talked to. And I think like you going through that process made you realize like this is something that doesn't exist. Um, Especially like being in the U S and being in a country where like South Asian weddings is not the norm. So those resources don't exist. Whereas I would think, and I don't know much about this. So please correct me if I'm wrong that like, you know, for other kinds of weddings um, those resources exist already because um, there's so much in the norm here but when it comes to your traditional like South Asian weddings, it's there's that gap.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I totally echo your point. I think South Asian weddings are just different. They're more extravagant. They're more elaborate. And you know, traditional like American weddings, you're talking about like, maybe a hundred guests max. With South Asian, you're getting like five hundred and up. You know, some are even crazy that they go all the way up to like a thousand guests. And it just like drives up the cost for South Asian weddings as well. Um, I So we were doing some research and um, like the average cost of just a South Asian wedding in the United States is around $285,000, which is like ridiculous to, you know, even think about. Um, so yeah, there's definitely like a gap here and it's, you're right, it's it's not in the norm. You know, what people associate weddings with just who you want close to you. But with South Asian weddings, it's like, okay, you have a lot of family friends and you do want them to be a part of your big day. So um, there's definitely a, a big gap there.
0: Yeah. So I know like traditionally a wedding planner is someone who would do a lot of these things for you, like find a vendor, connect you to different pieces and really make that process seamless. So is Pari Weddings, like? do you see it being more of a replacement to a wedding planner or something that's like more of an enhancer to it?
1: Yeah. Um. So I would see it as more of an enhancer. Um, so there's a bunch of different things here. With a wedding planner, you know, you're spending fifteen thousand dollars just on a wedding planner. And this information you can get pretty much through, you know, Googling and finding it on your own. So for those budget savvy couples, our site is a great option for them because they essentially save on that cost and can just, you know, have a head start on planning their wedding by themselves. Um, the other thing is that we're actually we're not trying to replace wedding planners. I think that it would also enhance this because you know, you have these vendors and you have these couples and they're so far apart and our side kind of aims to like help them come together. So couples can just be like, okay, I know what I want. I want X, Y, and Z. If they want, they can go to a wedding planner and be like, you know, give me this. These are the vendors that I want to work with. So in a way we're kind of we are acting as a bridge between these couples and these vendors.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And this makes me think of so Netflix, like, recently released that show, The Big Day, which is, like, all about um, weddings in India, and I've been watched it this, earlier this week, and I know in, like, one of the episodes, they showed, like, uh, like, the couple was working with the wedding planner, and the wedding planner had this website that was, like, on, like, priests, and, like, you know, uh, like, priests, it was, like, almost as like, someone described it, like, a LinkedIn for priests, <laughs> so, like like a directory for that so yeah i guess like your platform is kind of bringing you know different kinds of vendors and different kind of things all together in one place instead of like going to those individual sites or even being limited by like the wedding planners network because you know maybe there's someone that's outside the wedding planner that someone's using um their network and wouldn't have known otherwise
1: yeah um so I would say that the vendors that we found have been through two ways. Um, first is just word of uh, word of mouth. Um, you know, like it's ever who we've worked with or who our friends and family have worked in. They've given us these leads like, hey, contact this person. They've been great at catering. So we reach out to them. The other way was just through, you know, Googling different vendors in like the top cities, so like, you know, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, et cetera. Um, so that's how we came up with these listings. What we did notice, though, was that there are these, um, you know, small businesses, so like henna artists or um, even makeup artists you don't know much about. And, you know, with wedding planners, yeah, they might have them in their network, but these are just like random aunties that we found that are, you know, are doing the side. It's like a side hustle for them, a side business. Um, so, you know, we find those people and we want them to be on our side because we want to promote them as well. Um, you know, we really value supporting these small businesses, so we want to make sure that, you know they're getting listed they're getting the traction that they need to really grow themselves um and i, I find that it's a lot like even better to uh, you know finding people through word of mouth you don't really know about um it, it's been great uh they offer like a such a unique service that's different from like you know what other people are like you know our popular people have so um that's definitely one thing uh we try to i mean through google we try to get as many vendors as we could And we're even like adding more as we go along. Um, We're planning on expanding to other cities as well. So there will be more vendors in the future. But I I would say that, you know, pretty much we're sort of in line with the wedding planners. They might have like a few that are different than ours. But um, overall, it's kind of what you can expect.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I I think like this can be especially useful for people who may not have a strong network themselves like within the community because as you said a lot of these people like henna artists some handy artists are like people who like choreograph for example dances at weddings because that's a big thing they might just be doing it as like a side hobby and people may not know about them unless they're in their network so I guess like a platform like this allows those who do not have a big like involvement in the community already to kind of um go beyond what they may just find off by googling <laughs> even yeah
1: no, definitely agree um we've noticed like so um i myself was looking for a makeup artist for my wedding and i i looked at the listings that i had for prairie weddings, and i'm like this is great and all but i want to like see what else is out there and i put it on like facebook groups um and i saw like a bunch of other people that i had no idea who they were like these are you know other smaller um businesses and I was like oh wow this is actually really cool like people that I don't even know so um definitely there's different ways to like reach these people but um having them in one place I agree makes it easier for um know couples.
0: yeah so have you like do you have a background that's in entrepreneurship or was this one of you know the first things that you started and like how was the whole process of setting it up and um You know, because I feel like that can be one of the most complex things to just start. So how is that for you?
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely been really difficult. Um, So I personally do not have an entrepreneurial background. I did just graduate my MBA, but um, I've never started my own companies before. My co-founder Raj, though, he did. um, He has a bunch of real estate businesses, so he has that entrepreneurial background. Um, So, having him on board definitely made things a little bit easier, Um, just things that I wouldn't know he knew pretty early on. Um, In terms of just starting Perry Weddings, um, I I would say it, it was a little bit challenging because we first had to draw a layout on, okay, what do we want this site to look like? What information do we need? Um, so then we, we basically took our own wedding experience and said, okay, these are the people, these are the different categories that we called. So we definitely want to have these categories on our side as well. And then from there on, it was just like a data collection process. And that took a good, like six to eight months. I would say we would be working and like doing school and then like in the evenings, just like calling random people and be like, Hey, how much do you charge? Um, so what we noticed was that for some of these vendors, it wasn't like a really good, um, apples to apples comparison. So we had to pretty much like standardize the whole thing. And I think that's what really sets our website apart because it not only it gives you like the prices, but like it's, it works for a wide range of people. So if you have a guest count of 50 or 500, our website is, you know, allowable that'll help you, you know, get that average price estimate for both. Um, so yeah, I would say data collection has been the hardest part. Um, And then from there, we've pretty much done the whole business ourselves. So whatever work we put into it, it's been me and Raj. Uh, For our marketing and SEO, uh, we don't have like a big background in SEO. So we outsource that to somebody else. So they're taking care of that. And then same with the website development. Uh, We also don't have too much background in that. um, So we outsource that part. But um, we kind of just gave our developers like, hey, here's the idea that we're thinking of. We want X, Y, and Z on our site can you help us create it so um for those things we relate on outside help but everything else um has just been our own hard
0: work yeah yeah i think like both of you are focusing on the core of the business and like what it is but things that augment it um but you know aren't necessarily things that you both need to do i think is what you outsourced which is i think very key because marketing is important and having a good website is important but um I think it's important to evaluate like where your skills are and um what skills maybe it's better to just hand it off to someone else who's an expert so you can really focus on the business aspect of the thing
1: yeah definitely I I think the the areas that we were weak we were like okay let's not even bother with this we're not going to get it right just give it to somebody else and then I, I would say over time, um, I think me and Raj got really aligned on what responsibilities we want to take. Um, he's pretty good at finance. So I'm like, okay, you take care of all that. I'm, you know, managing the whole marketing and operations side. And then with like partnerships, it's, you know, him and me, like coming up with different opportunities. So, um, you know, strategy, finance, all him, everything else, me. So I, I feel like it's a it's a good balance on how we're, you know, like dividing up these responsibilities.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's very important so yeah. you if you briefly mentioned it but how is it like you know working with your spouse like you're living together you're working together so yeah. <laughs> how is that whole experience yeah um, i
1: would say that ever since we started perry weddings our like you know love story has not been the same um before we would be like okay let's go explore this place in chicago or that place in chicago but like You know, ever since PRU Weddings, like, oh, did you do this for this person? And did you, like, get this XYZ vendor listed on our site? So our time has just been, like, mostly focused on PRU Weddings. I feel like even if we're there in person, PRU Weddings has always come up as a conversation topic for us. Um, But we try to step back. You know, we try to, like, be like, okay, no talk about work. Let's just have a date night. Um, But, you know, sometimes it just pops up but I I will say that having um, him as a co-founder has been great in the sense that I, you know, I trust him. I know that if he says he's going to do this, he's going to do it. Um, And it's great just because it's a really good support system. So like times when he's busy or when he's like, you know, occupied with other things, I can take over his stuff. Times when I'm, you know, occupied with mine, he's flexible and can take over my stuff as well. So I would say it really like, gives you a good support system and like, I don't know, it kind of like makes your relationship a little bit stronger because you have like a thing that you're working, you know, together on.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that trust is very important, like with any co-founder, you know, I mean, for most people, it is not someone, um, you know, they're like dating or like married to or in their family. For most people, it's not that. But even then, I think trust is important because, if you can't like, you know, trust each other, then how is it going to get any forward? So I think that's very key. But also what you said about balance, like that is also very key, because uh, I can see how easy it can be like, okay, you know, we have this thing, party weddings, that's super exciting. And you know, we're both putting our everything into it and really focusing energies on there, but then also stepping back and, uh, you know, like spending time with each other. So I think it's the balance is very important because even if it's, you know, like a family business, I've like, I've grown up with a lot of that. And I think I remember like, there'd be times when my dad and you know my grandpa, like they would even at home, like talk about work. And sometimes I'd have to be like, you know, you were at work for like 10 hours a day, like, you know, leave it there. And now yeah. maybe let's have some family time. So definitely um, balance is key. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. So how, like, you know, like the wedding industry has in this past year just been impacted a lot. And I know you mentioned like the platform you have created allows people to, you know, 50 guests or 500 guests. Like, I don't think people are having weddings with 500 guests right now. But in general, like how has um, just the state of the world affected um PRE weddings like maybe in some senses it has increased the need for a resource like that because it's not as easy to you know go and like um wet vendors or wet venues as much as it would have been in like a pre pandemic situation or maybe there are ways that it has been tougher but would love to like hear your insight on that.
1: Yeah um so I would say that COVID definitely has affected us a lot. And um, I mean, it's, it's a good and It's all, it's a little bad too. Um, so I guess with our, you know, people are not getting married right now or they're postponing their wedding. So in that sense, traction to our website has been a little low just because there's not that need for it. However, you have like this other genre of, you know, customers who are really into like a whole like DIY wedding and they come on our set and they're like, okay, I want this, this, and this. And, they can just pick and choose what they want. It's like a really quick like shopping model for them. Um, so we're we're noticing like that, you know, new group pop up. Um, so that's been you know interesting to see. Um, and it it's it's also helpful like if you're you know really budget savvy. Again, you don't want to spend too much money on wedding planners. Um, so it's been a good and bad sense in that. Uh, on the vendor side, um, we haven't you know seen too much of any issues just as of yet. Um, so right now we are a free service. So in that situation, vendors are like, oh yeah, sign me up, you know, and we get a lot of traction in that sense because people, once COVID's over, people are going to get married, you know, and it's good if their, if their vendors listen on our side, they're like, okay, this is like a person that I can reach out to. Um, so in that sense, it's been good. Um, I think just, you know, we decided that we wouldn't charge, we were initially thinking about, you know, doing a, like a vendor listing fee. Um, but just based on COVID realized, okay, it might not make sense because no one's getting married, and, you know, we don't want to charge vendors. Um, but I would say, you know, we've seen the good and the bad of it, um, both on the vendor and customer side.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think what you said about DIY weddings, it just kind of reminded me of how, like, um, platforms like pinterest work where you know people go they're like okay there are these different things like i want this setup for my room or i want you know like people when moving to a new apartment like they'll be like okay i want this aesthetic and i want these kind of appliances and i feel like even if people aren't getting married right now and they have that, you know, in their plans in the next year or two, they, they might be going to your website to be like, okay, this is something that I want to um, have eventually when I get to that state. So it can be even like, you know, a fun activity for some people that maybe leads to like those conversions later on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely think
1: that I think COVID has put a damper on a lot of brides. You know, even like for me, we were, I was, I was super excited for my own wedding planning and we were actually thinking about doing the wedding in um, June of this year, but uh, you know, just because of COVID um, we didn't think it'd be safe. So we were, you know, we just got on September, but like in the beginning, um, me and Roger would be so excited about wedding planning and then COVID just like put like a damper on our plans too because it's like I I want this but I don't know how many people are coming to my wedding I can't plan that far in advance and I don't know what the COVID situation is going to be like so I think this is like a it's like a nice little like getaway for brides and grooms as well um, you know they can just pre plan this that way when it is time for them to get ready they have all the information beforehand. So all they had to do is be like, okay, I want, just call this guy, get this deal, like, you know, move on. So it's a little bit of, like, I don't know, something to look forward to, I guess. Yeah,
0: I agree. And I think, like, again, going back to that Netflix show, like, one thing that this showed in that a lot was, like, the brides were, like, really taking charge of, like, their weddings and their planning. And I think, like... Like, you know, one of them, um, I think her name was also Pallavi, funnily enough, but like she was getting called a bridezilla because she was like, I want this at my wedding and I want, you know, I want my lenga to be this way. But like, what's the problem with that? It's her wedding, right? Like, let her do what she wants. And I feel like for people like that, you know, that are really getting out of that shell and being like, okay, this is our day we're gonna own up to it like we're gonna do what we want and we're gonna find vendors that align with our visions because I think that's an important thing not every um, the artist will align with your vision or not you know every venue will be what you want so I think like for people who are really taking charge of their weddings even if they may have like a planner involved I think this is very important because there are still you know people who are like okay someone else can handle it i just want it done and in that case that's what they want but i think like people who plan it themselves are also increasing a lot more these days and yeah, um, yeah i just see it like a valuable resource for them
1: yeah definitely and i feel like even if you do have a wedding planner they'll give you the options in the end. It's, you know, you're the one that has to pick. So yeah. if you don't like this, you have the right to say, no, I don't want it. And it'll go, you know, whichever direction you choose to go. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I, I think our website has been the sense that it gives you the customer control or in this case, the bride or the groom control on what they want. To do.
0: Yeah, for sure. So for anyone that's maybe going through the wedding planning process right now, like, I mean, you having gone through the experience yourself, like um, what would be some tips or like things that they should think through or things that are, you know, like that are stressful, but don't have to be <laughs> um, like anything from your experience that I think could benefit people who are listening in.
1: Oh my gosh, lots of things. <laughs> um, so first thing, definitely read all your contracts. Um, you know, when you're going to a venue or a caterer, um, don't just sign it because you got a good deal, read through everything. Um, you know, specifically, like, for example, with the venue that we chose, um, you know, we, we, I guess we have a good relationship with our um, venue coordinator. But just like we've heard of some couples that like signed these contracts, and then COVID came, and now they can't back out. So they don't get, they don't get like a full refund, they might get like a partial refund or something. So make sure you're like, crossing your t's and dotting your i's properly um, i know it's like the worst part of like playing the whole wedding but like definitely an, an important one um, so i would say you know yeah read the contracts um, and like the other thing is also make sure you sit with your fiance talk about budget and like what you're looking for early on don't just do it um, as you go along i think it might like bring confusion or even like fights along the way if you have like a set budget in place before you even start, you know that, okay, this is way too expensive for me. I'm not even gonna bother looking at me. Um And I think that's what um, Raj and I did pretty well. We set our expectations up you know, before we even started this and be like, okay, X, Y, and Z are, are the most important to me, but this thing I don't really have a care about, so you can do whatever you want. Um, so just like having those conversations, those expectations, I would say are really critical in the whole process. Um, and the third thing I would say is just have fun. Um, this planning your wedding is kind of, um, you know, like an activity for the bride and the groom to do together. Mm-hmm. So enjoy it as you're doing it. Don't just, you know, give it to one person. Be like, hey, plan the whole thing. You know, I don't want to do give you any inputs. Um, and because at the end of the day, it's a product that the bride and the groom create. So you want it to be memorable. And it's only going to be memorable if you have, like, you know, fun making it. Um, And like have some personal touches if you like to travel, you know, have like a travel theme or something like that. Um, So just, you know, do it together. I think it'll make for a really good wedding. And again, it'll also make your relationship stronger too.
0: Yeah, that is such a good point because, I mean, I often see it like as, you know, one or the other person is kind of taking over the planning or is the only one doing it. Or it's like family members or, you know, completely gonna someone else. Um, But oftentimes in those situations, like who is a wedding for, like the people getting married, like it's for them, right at the end of the day. And so I feel like the further it gets away from that, like the less enjoyable it will be because it's like a day celebrating the people who are getting married. And so I think like, that's very important um, for that involvement, but also the conversation about finances and budgets and things that are wants versus needs is very essential because in any relationship, like money can be a really, you know, weird and strange factor. And I think it starts, it starts before wedding planning, obviously. But it's like, are we on the same page about how we handle our budgets, whether that's in this wedding or in our life after that? And I think, like, um that's very very important because you know what if we're not on the same page and you find that out along the way as you were mentioning so I can just imagine that's complex like it's not something I've been through <laughs> so um but yeah I think those are all very good points yeah
1: no, it's a conversation that not many people want to have but I, I think it's really critical just Wedding is just the first part. You're gonna have so many different, you know, issues when you get married. So many new like opportunities or like situations. You'll you'll have to talk it through. So I think just getting a head start on weddings um will help you really you know coordinate that.
0: Yeah, and on the flip side, like, do you have any words of wisdom for like people who are entrepreneurs, like really starting a new venture? Um, because. That experience is very, um, it's very unique for everyone because not every business is the same and it's not structured as like a job is. And often a lot of people do it in addition to like their job or their school or um, whatever they're doing to sustain their lives. So based on like your experience, what would you say there?
1: Yeah, um, the biggest piece of advice that I can give is just um, get started I know a lot of people will just be like, oh, I have this really great idea and it's just sitting there. Like They don't do any execution on it. And I think that's where it really gets them because they'll have that idea, they won't do anything and then somebody else will come up with it and then they'll have this whole thing built and you'll be like, oh, that was my idea. I wish I'd started sooner. Um, so planning is important, but execution is just as important as well. You know, Don't just spend a year planning, start like doing as well. Um, that's the biggest thing that I, I would, you know, take away from this. Um, the other thing is, well, and this is a personal experience to me. Um, I really believe that having a co-founder helped a lot with priority weddings. Um, if it wasn't, you know, if it was just me by myself, I feel like I would just be lost. Um, I, you know, I'm really glad that Raj is there with me. So if I need to bounce an idea, he is a good sounding board for that, um, you know, vice versa as well. So I would for us, at least having a co-founder helped. um you know i know there's some people who are just great at doing them themselves you know great for them um this is just a personal experience of mine um but yeah I, I think those two things are the biggest takeaways that i've gotten um and you know every with owning a business every day is going to be challenging there's going to be you know things that will come out from your blind spot so it's just making sure you're ready to tackle those challenges because you never know what's going to happen um so yeah it's those things
0: yeah i think um the point about like balancing planning and actually starting that's very important because you know as you were just saying like things will come up and things will change so have a business plan like have some sort of plan to start off with but also knowing like it's probably not where it's gonna end up and so like even with things like when i was even starting this podcast like. I was thinking about it, thinking about it for like a couple of months. And then I'm like, why am I thinking about it so much and not actually like starting to like produce episodes and like bring people on because so much has changed in that time period. And you learn through experience Um, with any initiative that you start. But I think, yeah, like, yes, plan, but also go with the flow, which I know is difficult for me. So it's easier said than done, but it's very, very important.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. And and I get it, you know, you're scared to start something new that you have no idea if it's going to work or not. But it's just, if you have the idea, just get up and do it. Because, I mean, you know, even generating ideas is, like, hard. I I want to do something entrepreneurial, but, like, the idea never popped up until, you know, planning our own wedding. So even those are hard to come by. So if you know something and there's a need for it, just, you know, start.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you never know when an idea is going to come into your mind, but I think like sometimes when I actively think about like, okay, maybe there's something I want to um, start new. Oftentimes the ideas are like, okay, this seems like it's very close to what someone else is doing. And it seems like all ideas are taken, but I think like when it's most unexpected is when you find out like, okay, this is a need that I see doesn't already exist and I can tap into it. So I think, yeah I think it's like more of like it not it not that it comes to you, but it's like maybe if people are actively looking for an idea, it might be tougher versus like identifying a need um and going from there, yeah yeah definitely, yeah so um I think this has been a great conversation, and I hope people listening in they can you know if they're planning their weddings or have a wedding in the unknown future at some point um are able to go onto your platform and use it so for anyone listening, whether you know their potential um brides and grooms or if they're vendors even like what is the best way that they can get in touch with p r e weddings and um connect with their team
1: um yeah, so feel please feel free to check us out at um Perry Weddings um, on Facebook. And then we also have Instagram, again, um, Perry Weddings. And then we are also on Twitter, same um, thing, Perry Weddings. Uh, luckily, we've also been featured on a few articles. So um, if you look us up on Quartz and Quants or Yahoo, um, you can also learn more about us. And definitely check our website as well, fairyweddings.com.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, Manali. This was amazing.
1: Yeah, thank you, Pallavi music mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the caffeinated brown girl podcast if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to uh, leave us a review on apple podcasts click the follow button there or on spotify amazon google Podcasts, anchor any other platform that you use to listen to your podcasts also follow us on instagram at caffeinated brown girl to stay updated with all the latest work that we are doing and reach out to me at caffeinated at gmail.com in case you are interested in being a future guest on the the podcast for season three or later on which just as a reminder there are only two more episodes remaining in season two and then we will be on a four-week break from the podcast and be back with season three stronger and better than ever before (laughs) so i hope you're staying well take care i will talk to you next time until then bye bye